Well, hello, welcome to another episode of The Daily. This episode finds you on the 25th of May, Tuesday. Good morning. For many of you parents, this is the last uh, school week, you know, before we enter into the June holidays. Many of you are grappling with the complexity and all the emotions that is HBL. And so grace and grace and grace to all of you, even as you navigate through that. For this morning, we'll spend some time together going through a passage of scripture, as well as centering our hearts and our minds and our bodies in God's presence, inviting His Spirit to lift us up and to guide and lead us through the day. And so get ready, let us begin the podcast. Now, one of my favorite things to drink, and this is uh, really, really uh, contentious with many people. Many people just absolutely hate the taste of it, but I love it, is uh, apple cider vinegar. I love apple cider vinegar. I often tell people that I drink it neat. And I just found out recently that it's pretty bad to drink apple cider vinegar without diluting it with a bit of water, but I just love the taste of it. And there's a bunch of utility for apple cider vinegar. You can put it on salads, you can drink it as kind of healthy drink, you know, it's good for your gut. Uh, You can even pour it on uh, your toe, you know, when you have like an ingrown toenail, you can pour some apple cider vinegar on it. Don't take my word for it. Uh, look it up. Google. Uh, I do it all the time whenever I have an ingredient. I pour some apple cider vinegar on it. I know this just got really weird. Well, what apple cider vinegar is basically is just apple juice that has gone through the process of fermentation. That sweet you know, apple juice that your kids love, that you probably drink on occasion, through the process of fermentation becomes apple cider vinegar. This like tarty, sour drink with such an intense flavor profile. So apple juice, fermentation process, apple cider vinegar. Now one of the things I've been pondering of late is this idea of fermentation and how fermentation really in many ways can describe the work of the spirit in the life of the believer. I believe all of us, in a spiritual sense, go through a fermentation process with God. I love what Ronald Roheiser wrote in his book, uh, Sacred Fire. He writes this, that the human soul is like a fine wine that needs to ferment in various barrels as it ages and mellows. Growing up and maturing is precisely a process of fermentation. It does not happen easily without effort and without breakdown, but it happens almost despite us, because such is the effect of a conspiracy between God and nature to mellow the soul. What a beautiful picture of what the work of the Spirit, the work that God wants to do in our soul. It is a process of fermentation as He mellows our soul. Now, a word to sum up this process of fermentation is the word patience. Patience is so needed and required for fermentation. You can't rush the process. You can't bypass the steps. You need patience. You need to do the necessary steps and just wait and not rush things and just let the yeast and nature do its work. And I think that this is such a great picture for the spiritual life. I think that much of the fruit that God wants to birth in our lives, much of the change that we'll see in our lives and in our circumstance comes from patiently waiting on God. This idea that we get from John 15, right? Abiding in the vine. 
the branches in and of itself cannot bear fruit. What causes it to be able to bear fruit is when it abides, when it's connected to the vine. And so much that goes into spiritual formation and bearing fruit is this simple idea of waiting patiently, of not rushing, of staying. One, some, someone once translated or uh, described patience or the fruit of patience as staying power staying power, the ability to stay put, to not be distracted, frazzled, or feel the need to be rushed into something else, but to simply stay and abide. And we see the role of patience built into even the writings of the New Testament. We have 13 of the letters that Paul wrote in the New Testament. Uh, He probably wrote more, but each letter we know had a purpose, a context, an audience and a rationale. These weren't letters that were written, uh, you know, haphazardly. That were they were written with great intentionality, specific to certain communities going through specific challenges. Now, Paul would send these letters to where he couldn't go. Each letter would have been in response to a letter that a particular church or individual would have written to Paul with regards to their questions or concerns or struggles about following Jesus in their context. Now, when Paul wrote uh, the letter to Romans, for example, he was answering questions that the Romans had. When Paul penned the two known letters to Corinth, he addressed issues that they faced. Now, if you had written to Paul with your questions or with your struggles or with uh, even you know objections to what he thought, Waiting for your answer, waiting for answers required great patience because these letters would take months, even years to get to where it needed to go or to make its way around all the members of that community. Ancient letter writing, uh, you know, as we know it, would take a long time to get to where it was supposed to go. There was no postal service. Every letter required some risk-taking adventurer to carry it to its intended destination. And that's why Paul and so many of his letters glowingly thanking the person who carried it because these kind of correspondence and communications uh, came at great cost, uh, both financially and personally. And so if we could think of it that way, the truths of the New Testament took tremendous time, cost, and risk. The very context of theological formation in the early church was framed by loads and loads of waiting and in-between time. When the church needed an answer or issue addressed, they were not privileged to write a quick email or send a text or find a helpful podcast on the topic. They didn't even have a New Testament they could open and read and refer to. What did they do? They wrote letters. And in between those letters, in between waiting for answers to their letters, there was a whole lot of waiting, a whole lot of patience required. And so why is this important in Christian formation? Because something beautiful happens in the in-between. History teaches us that the theological problems the church faced were met with patience, perseverance, community, prayer, and trust. You may say that our earliest theology was done patiently. It was birthed from a process that required tremendous patience. 
However, today we no longer need to wait for theological answers or to pray patiently to tarry with God or to endure painstakingly uh, tedious dialogue with other members of our faith community. We no longer need to be patient for the long-awaited voice of God through prayer or Paul's letters. We can get our answers quite uh, immediately. You know, we rush to podcasts, books, texts, you know, we YouTube it. Rather than dig our heels into the ground, our knees on the floor in prayer and tearing and waiting, we replace it with the quick, the expedient, the fast. In many ways, we have replaced the voice of God his spirit speaking to us for expediency, for our itch to be satisfied in the most immediate sense. And we desperately need to recapture this vision of being a theologically patient people. In this climate where we have information at our fingertips, where we are distracted all the time, we are to grow to be a people who learn to abide well who learned to wait well, who values patience in a time where slow is regarded as bad and quick, fast, expedient, the good. We are to be a people that understands that some of the best work that God wants to do in us and around us happens over time. It is slow, it is tedious, it requires patience but it produces the best kind of wine, if you would. What Alan Creeder calls a patient ferment, a kind of faithfulness and abiding and waiting in a process of soul fermentation. And so a verse that comes to mind this day is Psalm 40. And this is a Psalm of David. It says this in verse one, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. You know, my suspicion is that if today you struggle to hear the voice of God, or you have not heard his voice in a long time, maybe you haven't really been patient with God or exercised patience in your waiting on God. When you talk with God, is God on a clock? When you pray to him and seek for answers or seek for his voice, do you put a timer on? Do you leave quickly when things don't, don't, don't feel expedient enough for you? Perhaps in our quest in seeking after the voice of God, we need to first of all learn that God does not operate on our time nor to our comfort levels. There will be times in the spiritual life where God stretches out that waiting time in between questions and answers because there's something powerful and beautiful that happens in that waiting a fermentation of the soul, a maturing of the soul. And so my friends, don't despise the waiting. Something is indeed happening while you wait. I urge you therefore, from the verse that we just read, in all that you do, in all your requests, in all the fruit you desire to be born in your life, wait patiently upon the Lord. And as you do so, and as you incline your heart to do so, he will incline himself to you and he will hear your cry. So this morning, let us take a few moments to exercise this waiting and this patience. I invite you to get comfortable wherever you're at. We're just going to spend a few moments in the quiet, 
in silence before our God. And in this silence, we know that it is not for naught. While we may not feel a thing, while we may not see anything happening, we know indeed the Spirit is at work. In that process of fermentation, you rarely see any actual physical change. But you know something is happening, something profound is happening as the chemical structure of whatever you're fermenting is beginning to change. And so let us believe that in the Spirit, this is likewise possible. As we abide in God's presence and Spirit, something is happening deep within our soul. And so let us take a moment this morning to be quiet before our God, to honour His very presence in our room. I'll just pray a simple prayer and let us just sit before God. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, come upon us right now, wherever we are at, on our commute to work, in our bedrooms, in our living rooms, as we're seated, as we're standing, as we're lying. Come Holy Spirit, upon us we pray. Beautiful. Let me pray for you even as we close this time. Father, we ask that you would give us the grace to be a patient people, to not be rushed by the currents of this world, by the currents of our own expectation. Help us to be a people that are anchored in you, O God, in your presence. Give us this grace, we pray. Bless us as we live through the rest of our day. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Daily. We'll have three more episodes for you out this week. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace.